Hi team, we are back with another episode on Strong Today, Stronger Tomorrow. I'm super happy to be recording a podcast again. Um, my lack of consistency on this has been, I'm not going to say shameful, but I'm not being proud of it. Um, so here I am showing up regardless. So today I want to talk about three things that I see commonly hold people back in their resistance training. So three reasons that you aren't getting the results that you're hoping for from your resistance training. Um, And this is leaving aside things like comparison and genetics, right? If you're frustrated at your results in your resistance training because you saw some girl on Instagram whose arse blew up in like two weeks, um, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about results in relation to what you can get out of it for your genetics and your body, which ultimately you might not even know yet if you're not doing these three things and reaching the full potential that you can in those training sessions. If you hit these, then I guarantee your results will blow up compared to what you have been doing. So I want to get straight into this one. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is logging your sessions. So if you aren't keeping track of what you are doing in your sessions in terms of the weights that you're using, the amount of reps you're doing, the amount of sets you're doing, so that you can refer back to it, you are setting yourself up, I mean, not for failure, but you're not setting yourself up for success. Ultimately, what gets measured gets managed, all right? If you were the CEO of a big company, and ultimately, finance might not be your only measure of success, but in order for the business to continue to operate, you need to roughly know where your finances are. So ultimately, you're gonna wanna be knowing what revenue am I bringing in each month? What are our expenses each month? You're measuring all these outgoings and income in order to manage the business and see where the actual success of the business is at. And this is the same as your sessions. How the hell are you going to know how you're progressing if you are not writing down what that is? And the likelihood is you're not going to be progressing very far because you're probably going to be doing the same stuff over and over again. You say, okay, when I do my dumbbell shoulder press, I always just gravitate towards the sixes and I just use the sixes. If it's like three months down the line and you're still using the sixes for your shoulder press, guess what? Your body's not got any need to change anymore because it's now been doing that for 12 weeks and nothing needs to change for it to keep doing that because it's used to it now, right? Ultimately, the kind of old bodybuilder, weird fitness industry trope of you've got to like shock your body is not true either. But similarly, you can't just be doing the same shit day in and day out and expect your body to actually feel any need to adapt to what you're making it do because it's used to it. It's like, cool, we got this now. So logging your sessions is super important for you to see where you're going so you know where to push, so you know where you've been. And ultimately, like, seeing that progress is what keeps you in the game, right? (sighs) When was the last time you did something over and over and over again to no results, but you just kept doing it forever? Like, that just doesn't happen, does it? We are, (laughs) as human beings... We love to get validation for the efforts that we've putting into things. And if we literally do not even know what that is, 
it's gonna be very hard to stay motivated to keep going like progress is super rewarding and I know for me like growth is one of my highest values so if I'm not growing um, whether that is physically my muscles or just my training is growing then I'm gonna get pretty bored pretty quickly so logging your sessions is a really big one number two is competing with yourself you need to get into the mindset that every bloody session you go into the gym you are like competing with that logbook so for example let's say that last week you wrote in your logbook or you know the last session you did squats you did three sets of eight at 40 kilograms you want to be going into that session being like, okay, how can I improve this this week? And it's up to you. It can be, you could do three sets of nine reps. You could do 42 kilograms for eight reps on your squat. I don't care how small the increase is. It's up to you to go in and be like, right, how can I better myself? And at the end of the day, if you remember those eight sets of squats, feeling like actual death then maybe you should do the same again so that hopefully this time it feels easier so next time there's scope to improve but you could also just say okay I'm gonna stick with the same but on the first set I'm gonna do 42 kilos then I'll drop it back down to 40 again so you're doing two kilos extra for just one set but you beat last logbook and that's what, again, is so rewarding, is going to keep you in the game. And I've had a few clients in the past who just don't like getting competitive. And I understand that everyone is not super competitive. So that's maybe not the best mindset to go around it for. I know I'm quite a competitive person, so that works for me. But bearing in mind, if you're not making those slight improvements week by week you're not going to be going anywhere. So it is super important. It's just that if you're a competitive person, this is the perfect time to harness that and put it into your training. Now, there's always going to be a time and a place where you're going to take your foot off the gas. If I am not feeling very well, but I'm well enough to still go for a gym session, the likelihood of me looking at my logbook and thinking, yeah, I'm going to fucking smash that today is not gonna happen. I'm probably gonna either try and match what I did before or I'm gonna actually take some weight off the bar just so I can move my body and feel good without risking injury or prolonging my illness. Similarly, um, I know I've spoken about this on podcasts before, but if you know at certain points in your cycle, you actually just feel like shit and the important thing is moving your body rather than smashing PBs, then again, maybe that's a week where you don't challenge yourself to beat your logbook. But I want you to look at this, and I set this as challenges to my clients sometimes in check-ins. I'll say to them, right, this week you're going to PB on every single thing in all your sessions. And trust me, every time they do it, they do. We just like to get, we don't like to get, but we just naturally get a little bit complacent and a little bit comfortable. So take this as a challenge to really actually see what you're capable of. And nine times out of 10, you will surprise yourself as to how far you can push it when you set yourself this target of, I'm gonna do just 1% better on every single lift this week. And you'll take your training to a new level massively, I promise you. The third and final one I'm gonna talk about 
is you just have a shit range of motion and no idea of tempo on your lifts. So in terms of the range of motion and the one I typically see this with in the most is squats. And do you know what? Some of you do have excuses for having not very deep squats, whether that's just a lack of mobility, whether that's an injury. If it's an injury, then you can ignore this. You can just work on your squats in a safe and comfortable way. If you don't have an injury, this is your cue to actually work on your mobility in your hips, in your knees, in your ankles, so that when you're squatting and when you're leg pressing, you are actually getting some depth. When we are looking at our squats, again, if you're in a healthy and able body, our ideal is to be able to get your hip joint below your knee joint at the bottom of a squat, okay? So when you're at the bottom of the squat, your hip, your knees should be higher up than your hip joint is. And as I say, if you're an able body, there's no reason why you can't do this with some more work on your mobility and ultimately just more accountability with doing your squats regularly and giving yourself something measurable to measure your depth by. Now, I do this in the gym and you'll see it on my Instagram with clients who aren't quite at their full depth squat yet by using a marker, whether that's they're squatting onto a box where they touch the box with their bum and come up from there or down to a medicine ball. And if the medicine ball by itself is too low, then you can stack up some plates to make it a little bit higher. And before I go really heavy with these people on their squats, I will ensure we stay at a, you know, medium weight, but we continue to get lower and lower and lower. So for example, if we start off with two 10 kilogram plates stacked up on the floor, and then the medicine ball on top of that, and we can do 10 reps, we will do that. But then the week after, we will take one of those 10 plates away, or we'll swap it for a thinner plate. So it's that little bit lower down. Until you are doing full depth squats, you should not be pushing the weight super high. And this goes especially for women who are looking to build their glutes, because in a squat, the glutes are working their hardest at the deepest part of the squat. Ultimately, muscles kind of like are worked in two ways, and a lot of research is finding that when they're working the hardest is when they're at a full extension. So when they're in a really stretched position and the glutes are at their most stretched position in a squat at the very bottom. So if you're only going to parallel, so for example, your hips are in line with your knees, then you're missing out a lot of glute action that could be happening in that squat, okay? So Focusing on your range of motion on movements is essential. Um, and upper body movements, that often looks like not getting a full extension at the elbow. So for example, doing bicep curls and bringing the dumbbell up to the chest and then getting down to like 90% straight arm and then going in for the second rep. You should, in between a bicep curl, fully let the arm hang and relax. The elbow joint is completely straight before going in for that next rep. You're just missing the mark on so many things on your like on your reps if you're performing at a poor range of motion. And ultimately, if your range of motion is poor and your mobility is poor, working on that will make massive differences to your training, I assure you. And then I mentioned there about tempo as well. And interestingly, like we know ourselves in our brain how much weight we are lifting, 
right? We're doing squats at 40 kilograms. We know how much that weighs, right? Our muscles don't know how much that weighs, right? <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have eyes, they don't have brains. They don't know how much that weighs. All our muscles know is the amount of tension that they are being put under, right? And tension can be achieved by the amount of weight we lift, but tension is also achieved by the amount of time we spend under that weight. So if we do a 40 kilo, I mean, this is not an exact comparison, but to plant the seed. If we do five reps of a 40 kilogram squat, but we do five reps at 20 kilograms, but we take three seconds on the way down and three seconds on the way up, rather than a quick one, two, squat, we are tripling the amount of time our body is spent under tension, but we're halving the amount of weight. Does that make sense? So a, a 20 kilogram squat that takes six reps per second versus a 40 kilogram squat that takes two seconds per rep. Um, so before you jump to put that weight on, are you controlling your reps? Do you have good form with your range of motion? And are you doing it steadily and controlled so you're maximizing the amount of time that your body is spending under tension? Now where this doesn't come into play is if you're doing like one rep maxes or really like strengthy sets of like three to five reps. Obviously things are likely to be a bit more explosive to help shift that weight. But especially when you're working within a rep range of upwards of eight, having smooth and controlled reps will make a huge difference to your training because ultimately you're putting so much more tension on your muscles without actually having to go super heavy, which is would be ultimately risking injury more. So this is how you get longevity in the game when it comes to your training, by being flexible to get a full range of motion and performing your reps with good amount of control so you're getting the most out of the tension from the weight that you are using. So to recap, if any of these three things are a little bit of a red flag to you, then that's what I want you to focus on in your training going forward. So one, are you logging your sessions? What gets measured gets managed. Two, start competing with yourself. Give yourself the challenge to beat your scores on every lift in every session for the next two weeks. And three, let's be honest about your range of motion and your tempo when you are lifting. And if you're honestly unsure, or if you are sitting here thinking, yeah, my range of motion is good and my tempo is good, I urge you a million percent to film some of your sets. Because sometimes I'll do things like pause squats and it feels like that pause lasts a lifetime. And I'll look at it filmed back and it'll be like half a second. <laughs> even though I'm thinking in my head it's like a two second pause filming yourself is the most useful thing you can do with your training and even with squats today I film my first set always so I know that I'm getting deep enough because <laughs> I have a very good idea but I need to hold myself accountable was that quite deep enough that rep and when I move to a new weight absolutely I'm filming my set to see what my form looks like and to see what my range of motion looks like so I hope that was super useful. If any of that is confusing or doesn't make sense, then please send me a message on Instagram. I could talk about this stuff 
all day. Lifting is my passion. <laughs> if you haven't guessed, there's a reason I'm doing this. Um, and yeah, I will talk to you guys in the next one. I hope that was useful.